if just hearing sales funnel is giving you the heebie-jeebies or immediate panic attacks, this episode is for you. This week on the show, we're going to dive into the five things you have to know before you set up a sales funnel to supercharge your marketing, your business, and most importantly, your sales. So if you felt overwhelmed and a little bit intimidated by setting up a sales funnel for your business, let's kick that to the curb in this really in-depth episode that's going to talk to you all about sales funnels, what they are, how to set them up, and how to get them to work for you. So if you're ready, let's dive into this week's show. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. I escaped corporate to chase my passion a few years back. Each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are going to help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act entrepreneur show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I am so grateful to have you here. If you are like I was when I started my business, and you hear the term sales funnel, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Like, should I know what that is? Do I you know what's included in that everybody keeps talking about it. And yet nobody really explains to you what a sales funnel is, or how important it is to your marketing and your business. Um, and there's this expectation that it has to be really complicated. So I wanted to do this episode because I get a lot of questions about sales funnel strategy and how to strategically uh, align your marketing to attracting your customers, bringing them in and, and building a long term relationship. It is so much harder and so much more expensive to go out and get new customers than it is to continue to serve and deliver additional products and services to customers that have already worked with you. And when you have a strategy set up for your sales funnel, um, that empowers you to keep delivering value to your customers. Now, will will there, you know, be a breakup at some point? Probably, um, because people should be growing and changing within their business. And if they're not, then they're going to struggle to stay relevant and um, profitable. So we're going to dive into kind of the basics around a sales funnel. And when I say that, um, you know, sales funnels can be complicated, but to get your initial sales funnel set up so that it's working for you, working for your business, it doesn't have to be this overwhelming, complicated uh, process. It can be something that's simple, but also very planned out. And so, you know, let's start with the first piece, like what is a sales funnel? Because you may be going, I don't even know what that is. Everybody throws that term around. I see it all over the internet. Everybody's like saying I need one, but I don't, I really don't know what it is. And so if, if you were to define a sales funnel very loosely, or, you know, not with a Webster dictionary, <laughs> um, a sales funnel is simply the journey that your customer goes on to become aware of you, to find you, to get to know about you, your products and services, and ultimately to decide whether or not they're going to purchase from you. It's just that journey that they go on that leads them from not knowing you at all to finding out about who you are and how you can help them and then determining whether or not they want to do business with you. That's that's what a sales funnel is. And then there's specific pieces to that sales funnel that will determine um, their journey on that path 
um, and you can, in some way or fashion, control parts of it. Now, can you control the entire thing? Absolutely not, especially because people have um, free will and that there are a lot of distractions that may take them off course from your funnel. So, you know, how do we determine that? How do we figure out and create a, a marketing strategy and a, a plan for our business that works around a sales funnel? Well, that is a really good question. And um, because marketing strategy is such a broad topic, I actually just did an episode a few weeks back on this exact topic. And you can find that episode and go and review it and learn my ABC strategy that we're going to go briefly through in this episode to um, get a a firmer grasp or a more in-depth look at that. You can find it at alisaconnor.com forward slash 137. Um, or you can go over to alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast and just do a search for uh, marketing strategy and it'll show up. Um, so the quick ABCs, I, I created an ABC system for a reason because it's easy to remember. The A stands for attract and that is to attract your ideal possible customer. And this is, you may have heard the term niching down, um, getting really clear about who your audience is that you serve, because if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And it is especially true now post COVID, and there is so much online traffic because we have become an even more saturated online society, that if you don't have a message that speaks directly to the people that you want to help, you're gonna have a really hard time standing out in the crowd. And so you're gonna have a hard time attracting people, whether that's through organic um, traffic of creating you know, blog posts or videos or social posts or whatever that is, or you're running ads, or you're showing up on somebody's podcast. Because if you just go and you have a generic message and you're not talking to the specific audience of that podcast, you're gonna have a really hard time even getting people interested in showing up to listen to your interview or to listen to what you have to say. And so um, I get podcast requests daily. Like I get people requesting to be on my podcast pretty much every day. And it's very interesting because there are definitely media companies out there that will just go and pitch for you. And I, you know, my un... (laughs) professional, I'm, I'm not a, associated with, you know, a media company or anything like my unprofessional opinion as a podcast host is do not hire them. Because they will just basically go pitch you to anyone. And they don't do the time to do the research to figure out if you know, that would be a good fit for you or your audience, or if you're relevant to their audience. And all that does is waste everybody's time. And more importantly, it wastes your resources because you're paying somebody to go out and pitch your podcast to, to people. And if it's not a good fit because your people aren't there, you're wasting your time. And so um, anyway, I got a recent pitch and the pitch I got was not, uh, uh, it was somebody that actually reached out to me to, and they filled out the application themselves. It was not a bureau. I do get a lot of bureau requests, but And they did a really great job filling out. I have a pretty um, in-depth questionnaire when you want to become a guest on my show, which is immediately how I know whether or not somebody is really interested. And 
they did a really good job filling out the application. But when I got to the end of it, I was like, we don't have even closely related audiences. And it just I it made me a little bit sad for them. Because if they took the time to get really clear in this area about who they want to attract, then they could immediately go to podcasts that serve those people, instead of just, you know, sandblasting it out to any podcast out there, and hoping and praying that they get on the show. And I think that a lot of times when we have smaller audiences, or we're newer in our business, we're intimidated to go after some of the bigger names um, or shows in the industry. But if your audience is in alignment with that person, um, the likelihood that they're going to choose you to be an interviewer, be a guest on that show is much higher, simply because just like this show, podcasts are typically created to deliver value to a specific set of people. And so if your information and your um, expertise is of value to that audience, why would that host not want to share you on their show? And so um, that was sort of a, a side trail of, you know, why you want to look at a specific audience. But it really does go across every piece of your marketing when you sit down and take the time to create a very specific profile of who you're trying to reach and who you want to work with. And one of the ways that you start your sales funnel in the attraction method is by having a lead magnet that people want, and they exchange their information, download that uh, training, that checklist, that whatever your lead magnet might be, um, fill out your quiz. There's lots of different lead magnets. But if your lead magnet is so generic and so general, most people are just going to pass it by because they're looking for someone who is going to have more specificity in the conversation with them. And so a lot of people struggle with their lead magnet and they just create something and they're like, oh, I hope this will work. But marketing at this point in the game is not guesswork. You have to be very strategic and planned in what you're creating. Otherwise, it's just going to fall into all the noise. So if you are struggling with creating a lead magnet or you don't have a, a lead magnet that work is working to grow not only your email list, but your business, I have an opportunity for you to join me on an upcoming live training um, that we are going to walk through the five critical components of a magnetic lead magnet, um, lead generation. We're going to walk through the five critical components of creating a lead magnet that actually works and that attracts the people that you want to attract so that you can then move them through the rest of your funnel and get them to buy from you. So if you're interested in that training, I have a waitlist sign, uh, wait, waitlist sign up set up right now um, because I am still clarifying the details of when that training is going to be. And so if you want to be the first to know when that training is happening and get on the waitlist, you can do that at alisaconnor.com forward slash lead magnet, all one word. 
and uh, that training is coming up here in the next few weeks. So you'll be hearing about it again, but if you wanna get on the wait list now so you don't miss it um, and get access to the live training and all of the other goodness that's gonna be in there, head over to elisaconnor.com forward slash lead magnet and we will get that magnet of uh, that uh, lead generator polished up, prettied up and working like a magnet to attract your ideal uh, clients. So that is A, attracting a specific audience. B is to build a relationship. And this is where a lot of people go wrong. Um, they go from, hey, thanks for grabbing my lead magnet, now buy my stuff. And that is the epitome of um, going to a used car lot or, um, you know, one of the worst is I did so many networking events. And um, the multi-level marketers, I'm just, I'm going to pick on them for a minute. You could always pick them out in a crowd. Um, and I did a lot of networking groups when I first started my business and as, as a lot of people do. And you could always see them coming beelining for you um, if they were an MLM because they try to, to um, I, I want to say attack. That's probably not the right word, but they try to attack every person in the room and get them to either sign up for a party, try a sample, um, come to a party, or you know something along that way. And the people that came to mind, I can't even remember the name of the product now, um, but it was like these patches. It was like these weight loss patches. And I just remember going to this networking event and they're like, hey, yeah, we can just give you one right now and you can try it. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> so anyway, um, but it, it's kind of that yucky feeling. Like you don't want to just put somebody on your list and then immediately start pummeling them with how to buy from you because 95% of buying decisions are emotional. And if people don't have a good emotional connection to you, it's not going to go in your favor. And then on top of that, that 95% of emotional buying is happening at a subconscious level. So even if you don't have a yucky conversation. If your energy is about, hey, you're on my list, now I'm gonna push my stuff on you, they are going to feel that. And it's either, it's in most instances going to repel them from purchasing from you. And that's not what you want. You put a lot of work into creating your marketing, creating a sales funnel, creating a lead magnet. You want to be able to nurture those people, see if they're gonna be a good fit for you, and then ultimately turn them not only into just a client, but a long-term client. Because long-term clients create long-term value for your business. And so um, when you're building a relationship, it comes down to building trust, connection, and most of all, um, trust. I mean, it really comes down to trust and having them connect with you. And not only a, an emotional, but a... Um, a like-minded energy. So that's B, building the relationship. Really important. Don't be like, um, <laughs> I hate to say, it. there's a, the other group that always comes to mind is the uh, LinkedIn salespeople. Like there's just people on LinkedIn who are in sales and they immediately reach out to you in a direct message and try to sell you on their product and service. And I'm like, oh, don't do it. Stop. You're killing me, Smalls. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. Um, so build the relationship, that's B. C is to create a customer, preferably a lifetime customer, so that you don't have to constantly be going out and getting new clients. You can serve the ones that are 
you know, in your audience and continue to have them be customers for a longer period of time, which takes the pressure off of always having to go and get leads every single time that you need to sell something. Um, so the, um, the, that's the ABC method, attract, build the relationship and create a customer. The, um, misnomer in the world is that, you know, that's the end of the sales funnel. Like that's where it ends. You create a customer and then you're done. But in reality, that is actually just where the funnel begins. So you have done the initial part. And then once somebody becomes a customer, your sales funnel needs to continue by nurturing that relationship, onboarding that customer, making sure that they have a really great um, experience with you and that you continue to stay top of mind. Because if you do not, they will not refer their friends and family. They will not um, have your name top of mind when they run into people who also might need you. And it kind of shuts off the fire hose effect of your marketing. And so creating, you know, additional pieces to your funnel after you've turned them into a customer is really beneficial to you in the long run, and also nurtures the ability for you to, to create a lifetime customer. So like I said, this is just a very um, basic guideline for planning out your marketing. Everybody's business is different. And it's really uh, difficult for me to dive into specifics with specific businesses without uh, knowing more about your products and services, your ideal client and all that kind of stuff. So we're not going to do that today. But we are going to dive into the next piece of this episode, which is, you know, what makes a sales funnel successful. And it really comes down to about three basic things. Now this can definitely be expanded, but not contracted. Um, and a basic sales funnel simply set up is three things. Number one, you got to have a lead magnet, something that people will exchange their, um, name and email address, which is their, uh, currency, their, uh, what am I trying to say? Their, um, personal currency for they're going to exchange that for something of value that you're going to give them. And so if you have a lead magnet right now, and it's maybe working in some capacity that people are filling it out, but then that's as far as it goes. They never purchase from you or they don't read your emails or they're not clicking on your emails. Then, you know, one of the other pieces of this puzzle that we're going to get to in a second may be broken. If you have a lead magnet that isn't working, like nobody's even showing up on the page or starting to fill out the form, then you know your lead magnet probably needs a little polishing, a little bit of work, which means you need to go back to A, which is figuring out who you're trying to attract. Um, so you need a lead magnet and that is um, going, you know, a lot of people struggle with lead magnets and what to create. And they put a lot of time and energy into something before they actually figure out whether or not their clients um, or potential clients will even use it. And so we're going to talk a lot about in my upcoming training, not only how to choose what kind of lead magnet to create, but the top nine lead magnets that are working right now best. And also um, how to test multiple lead magnets without making yourself crazy um, to see which one is going to resonate most with your audience. So um, that's step number one, creating a lead magnet. Step number two is having a landing page 
um, where people can go to give you their information so that they can sign up for your lead magnet. And this can be done in multiple ways. I am always a big fan of have a website of your own because that is real estate that you then own. Um, a lot of email service providers do have landing pages available. So like if you're using something like a convert kit or active campaign, they do have landing pages available. However, those landing pages are, are hosted on their platform. And so you don't really own that. And if you let go of that subscription or you move to a different provider, you lose all of that information. And so um, that is a disadvantage to hosting your landing page on your email service provider platform. But the other disadvantage is that if somebody fills out that lead magnet and then um, they want to go read a little bit more about you or see what else you have, or if you, you know, they want to see if you have any other content, that lead magnet page is not going to send them anywhere. They're not, it's not going to send them anywhere. It's just going to have a message that says your form has been submitted or thanks, we got it or something like that. And then they don't have the opportunity to go learn more about you. And so even if you create a simple website, you know, three, two, three, four pages, um, it's worthwhile in the long run for multiple different reasons. One, um, Google search is your best friend and they really like it when you have your own website. Um, and number two, it gives you the opportunity to create additional content and information for your potential leads to go and check out once they do grab your lead magnet. So highly recommend that. And that is step number two is to create, um, some sort of landing page that you can put your form on, um, so that they can get the lead magnet. And then the last piece of this puzzle is you guessed it, my absolute favorite email. So you have to deliver the lead magnet to them in some capacity. Um, and there are multiple ways to do this. I'm not going to go into it in too much depth, but, um, the best way is always email. And so I have people say to me quite often, you know, why would I want to send email? Nobody wants more email. And you're absolutely correct. What they want is a solution to their problem. And if you can deliver that solution via your lead magnet and then additional valuable emails, the chances that they will open your email are much, much higher. Now, if you're just going to spam them and try to sell them your product and be like every other salesperson out there, then absolutely not. They're going to unsubscribe, delete or report you. <laughs> and so you don't want any of those things. You want them to click on and read your emails. The best way to start nurturing and building that relationship is to send them five to seven value driven emails. Now, does it mean you can't present your offer in there? Absolutely not. But you want to take the time and follow, um, not a, it's not really a protocol, but a specific system that starts to build trust with them. And five to seven emails tends to be uh, the sweet spot. And then you can add them to your regular email notifications. Um, and the nice thing about this email automation is that if you're using a tool like ConvertKit or Drip or ActiveCampaign, all of this can be automated. So if somebody signs up for your form, they're automatically sent the lead magnet and then they're, you know, they can get the emails that you've pre-created every day, two days, three days, whatever you schedule them out to be. And so that's really um, handy and a great way to nurture multiple leads at one time. And so that's really it. That's what's in a sales funnel. 
lead magnet, a form, and then uh, some kind of follow-up connection, build a relationship, email sequence as far as an online funnel. Now, if you have an offline funnel, you might have sales calls in there and you could actually combine the two as well. Um, but you, you know, nurturing people through an email series is going to give you the opportunity to stay top of mind with them until they're ready to buy, not until you're ready for them to buy. And those are two very different things. And so, um, you know, you've got all the components for your sales funnel, you understand, you know, the basic premise of the strategy behind it. And so what's the goal? What's the ultimate goal of your sales funnel? Well, it's to bring attention to your to your brand, get your name out there so that people know who you are, how you help and who you help. And then, you know, get your potential customers to start moving down the process to do business with you. It's the step-by-step journey that they're going to take in solving their biggest problem in highest hopes with with your solution. Um, And so it's really important to know who your customers are, because if you're trying to have a conversation that's so generic, they're not going to pay attention to you. Um, it's going to be really hard to get them to move down that customer journey path. And so a lot of times when people create marketing, and especially marketers promote and um, I don't know, try to sell the idea that you should create all your marketing pieces first, it really comes down to knowing your customer. And the more you can find out about them, the better off you're going to be and the more successful the traction with your marketing is going to be. And so um, that's really the goal. It's to sell your stuff, but not only to sell it, but to sell it to the right customers. Because take it from me (laughs) through experience, when you are in a contractual agreement with somebody that is not your ideal customer, they will in fact be the biggest pain in your side and cost you more time, energy and money than it's worth. Whereas if you have the right people, who are in alignment with not only your solution, your brand identity, but energetically with you, it's going to be a piece of cake. It's going to be a walk in the park for you to do business with them because the boundaries are laid. They understand what you do. They understand how you do it. And they understand why you're different from everybody else. You're not going to have to justify price. You're not going to have to justify why you're doing things in a certain process. They're just going to get it. And, um, Over the years, I have worked with many people that have not been in alignment. And just trust me on this when I say it's not worth it in the end. (laughs) Because, you know, you might be working on their project and have to pass up five, six, seven other projects because you are so consumed with trying to get their stuff done. And they're really a pain in the side. So um, go and understand your people so that you can attract them and escape the pain of working with people that don't... um, don't fulfill you and don't help you, you know, reach your purpose. So how, what are some ways that you can optimize your sales funnel? I get asked this question quite a bit, you know, how do I optimize it? How do I make sure it's working? How do I make sure that this is the right lead magnet? How do I make sure my, my emails are, you know, hitting right, or, you know, this isn't working, but this is working. And ultimately it comes down to gathering intel about your audience. And this is a constant ongoing process. You're not going to just do it once and then hope and pray that it's, <laughs> it's the right information every single time. It's, it's got to be ongoing. And you can do that by simply asking questions, you know, when you're doing social media posts or you're in a group or you're giving a presentation or you're on a podcast or whatever that might be, 
gather intel. You're, you should always be gathering intel and then storing it somewhere that is um, easy for your brain to process. So for me, when I'm gathering intel, I stick it in a Google Sheet because that way I know questions that are being asked, words that are being used, comments that are being made, um, things like that. And then I can go back to those when I'm creating emails, when I'm creating sales pages, when I'm creating copy, when I'm creating a lead magnet. And I know that they are going to hit well with my audience because they're things that they have said. And so if you're constantly gathering information about your audience and getting to know them deeper and more um, intimately, the better your marketing is going to resonate with them. Uh, and then the other, there are three other things you can do. The second one is to test, 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 always test your marketing, evaluate what's working, evaluate what's not working and tweak and fix and, um, make it so that, you know, the things that are kind of throwing off the whole system are recalibrated. And so it may never be perfect. In fact, it will constantly need tweaking. However, if you never make a change or you never measure it, you're not going to know where things are going wrong. So really, really important to test and evaluate. The next one is a biggie, and that is segmenting and tagging your audience so that you can deliver specific content to them. And I also did an episode on this. I do not have the number in front of me, um, but I will link it in the show notes. So segmenting and tagging your audience is really important to ensure that they are getting the information that is most relevant to them at the place they are on their journey. Um, and when you do this, it is going to increase the likelihood that they're not only going to pay attention to what you're saying, but that they are going to move more quickly toward purchasing from you. And so I highly recommend using some sort of segmenting or tagging um, function in your email service provider. And again, I'll link to the episode that goes into depth on that. Um, in the show notes. And then last but not least, as a business owner, regardless if you're doing business online, in person, or a hybrid of both, providing ongoing value to your customers and delivering exceptional customer experience is going to set you apart from your competition every single time. There are so many people that will bring in clients and once they're in the door, the customer service experience goes down the toilet. And if you go the extra mile to make sure your customers are taken care of, and that you're doing the best to serve them, um, the likelihood that you're not only your business will grow, um, but that those customers will continue to do business with you, it exponentially increases. Um, I remember working for an organization during COVID and right before COVID. And one of the biggest complaints, um, within this organization from the customers was about customer service experience. And it, it had to do with communication and lack of clarity around um, items that would be fulfilled and things like that. And unfortunately, that company didn't address that until it was much too late. And um, their business really, really suffered because of that. And so I don't want that to happen to you. And it does take um, a little extra effort to make sure that your customers are taken care of, but they're also going to be your best referral partners if they have a really good experience with you. So long and short, and the um, kind of conclusion and the takeaways from this episode are, 
you know, creating a sales funnel is critical, but having it be complicated is optional. And so you really just need those few uh, pieces, those three pieces that we talked about to be set up and you need to follow the ABC system in your strategy so that they align. Otherwise, you're gonna be wasting your time, you're gonna get frustrated, you're gonna be overwhelmed, and worst of all, you're not gonna be getting results from either your sales funnel or your marketing strategy. And it takes time to set these things up. So we wanna make sure that we're really clear on in both of those arenas. And then um, last but not least, if you do need help with your lead magnet, I wanna remind you one more time that I have that training coming up. It is a free training. We're gonna walk through not only the five critical components of creating a lead magnet that actually works, but also you know, the, lead, the um, latest industry trends or uh, statistics on lead magnets that convert the best, as well as um, ways to go and spy on your ideal client. <laughs> So you can figure out, you know, exactly what it is that's going to work um, to attract not only people uh, that you want to work with, but that the people that would actually be a good fit for your business. So that's what I have for you this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I know this was a long episode. If you found value in this episode, I would really love it if you would do one of two things for me. One, head on over to your favorite um your favorite um, podcast player. So whether that's iTunes or Google Play and leave me a review. It's uh, how we can get the, you know, the, um, what am I trying to spread the word about this podcast and if it's bringing value to people. And number two, if you would share it with a friend or somebody else that would find value in this episode, I would appreciate that as well. So in the meantime, take care, be well. If you missed anything or you want to uh, sign up for that free training coming up. You can do that at alisaconnor.com forward slash lead magnet um, or just alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. So I'll see you soon. In the meantime, take care. Be well. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries. We've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode you can find over at alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R dot com forward slash podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next week.